It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am delighted to spend a Sunday morning here with you for a full hour on 94.1 on your radio dial. That's Wave 94, and a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The church, that's what we talk about. That's been our topic and our theme for over 20 years of doing this radio broadcast. As a matter of fact, this is show number 1,125 today. Rules, we don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we always speak well of one another and uh, served us well over all these years. And of course, this gives me a, a thought that perhaps I should invite you to come and be a guest on the show. I love interviewing people, love to talk about Passion. Passion drives this show. If you're a person that you are passionate about the ministry that God has called you to do, then uh, let's get you right here and you can talk about it. And I'll get to hear your heart and you can share it with the Big Bend area, Florida and South Georgia, what God is doing in your life and your ministry. I think you'll enjoy it. Many, many people have told me that, uh, oh, they were nervous. <laughs> they were very nervous going in. But uh, we'll get you at ease. The next thing you know, you'll forget all about the microphone, and you'll just be talking about what's on your heart, and that's what we want to do. So call me, area code 850-567-1703. That's my cell phone. And call me. Let's get you set up. We pre-record the shows and have them ready for 8 o'clock here on 94.1 every Sunday morning. Now, I've got some things on my mind, as I usually do, and but this is something that uh, I have to admit, it, it, it troubles me down deep in my soul. It has nothing to do with politics or anything like that. It's simply this. On two different occasions within the last few days, I have met uh, people, uh, young people, uh, young from my perspective. Uh, if you're in your 30s or middle 30s or 40s, in my mind, you're still young. And um, had opportunity to be in a business uh, setting. And of course, as I do, I say, uh, have you got a church you go to? Are you a church pro folks? And uh, two different times I've heard this response. This, no, I don't go to church. You know, very emphatic. And uh, no, no, no room for questioning. This is, this is it. Well, you see, this is uh, me who, this is what I've been doing all my life. <laughs> two years old when my mother First, taking, started taking me and my brothers to church, and uh, I've just never known anything else. And so to me, it's just second nature to go to church on Sunday, and I just expect that everybody does. But to hear this uh, very emphatic, no, 
I don't go to church. Well, I got to thinking about it later, and I said, well, they didn't say they didn't believe in God. They just said they just don't go to church. I said, okay. Uh, if I ever get another opportunity to meet either one, then I'll try to find out a little bit more information, try to explore it a little bit more. But I know that we have this uh, commission from the Lord. It's his last commandment to the church was uh, to go and tell and win them. Well, the thing about it is that uh, it's kind of difficult to win somebody who is very, very conditioned in their mindset. In other words, this wasn't something that required thought. This is just very emphatic. We don't go to church, period. And, uh, and of course, you're in a setting to where you really don't have the uh, freedom to just to pursue at that moment. And like I say, it's a very good possibility that I'll never ever see any one of these folks ever again. So it's a, one of those times where you meet them and then you may spend a little time with them and then you move on and you never see them again. And so this puts a burden on my heart just to think, well, I haven't, I haven't fulfilled God's commission because I didn't win them to the Lord. But I realize that uh, there's also spiritual opposition that you encounter along the way. So it just causes me to start to think about the generation in which I am living. See, um, because of the age that I am now, I'm, I'm watching a younger generation come on the scene. And when I say the scene, I mean these times when you have presidential candidates who are younger than me. See, these are this is this is all new for me because uh, as I have gone through life, everybody that's ever run for president was older than me, and now we have candidates who are younger to, than me. So I realize that we are we're turning the page here. Things are starting to change. A new generation is coming into positions of power. And then I think about what I have had a, in my heart all of my life, that uh, there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a devil, and there is God. And that when I depart from this earth, that I will either go to heaven or I would go to hell. But someone who does not have any belief in their heart about God, then this whole thing of heaven and hell would mean nothing to them. And see, that's a hard thing for me to, to wrap my <laughs> mind around because I can't fathom that thought that somebody would just totally reject whether there's a heaven or whether there's a hell. And so I'm thinking now, okay, this is, this is what's going on in somebody's mind. They've rejected this. So now how do they function? How do they operate? What drives them? What motivates them? Well, I remember 
one of the things that really had influence in my life was some of the old westerns. <laughs> and uh, they're bringing some of those back now on me TV. But I remember as, as a child watching uh, uh, these shows like Cheyenne and, and Bronco Lane, the, the, these shows that young people have no idea what I'm talking about. But they were just they were just westerns. And they would come on, on in prime time on the major networks. But they always had a good moral climate to them. And then there was always the code of the West. The code of the West. And that code of the West was a way of saying that we do things right here. We don't do what's wrong because the code in which we have motivates us to do what is right. But you see, my life's influence has been the code of my heart and of my life and of my existence has been from what I read in the Bible and what I've heard from pulpits all of my life. And even as a young child, sitting there and listening to the preacher and knowing that I didn't understand everything he was saying, but as, as the years passed and I became older and more mature, it began to make more and more sense to me. But what was happening without me even realizing what was going on, there was a code being developed in my spirit and in my being, a code that was directed me to have my heart firmly entrenched in the word of God. And the word of God began to show me the mind of God. And so to say that my code was to say, I, I want to be a person who just follows the heart of God. As God would speak to me, however he chooses to speak to me, whether it be through his word, through uh, the, the verbal word, or through his spirit, that just speaks into my spirit, the desire to just follow God. See, that's, that's so in, in, in dwelt in me. It's hard for me to fathom somebody who would just totally reject the existence of God, but yet I sense and feel that this is the generation in which we are now living. And uh, as a person who has committed his life, that's me, to be a preacher of the gospel, a proclaimer of God's truth, I find this to be disturbing. And I'm thinking to myself, what is going to happen in this world as more and more of the younger generation come into these positions of power and they have set aside any belief that there is a God, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and now they base their lives upon their own code, whatever it may be or wherever it may have come from. And uh, these things concern me. And I say, well, Lord, what am I to do? What am I to do about a generation that has no interest in seeking the true and the living God. Well, uh, I've, I've said this in a 
recent broadcast that said, well, we, we pray for revival. <laughs> we pray for revival because that's what's going to turn the tide. That's what's going to turn things around is, is the spirit of God as it sweeps across the land in a great powerful move of God through the realms of this uh, spiritual awakening that we call the revival. God, God just working through people and then making his presence known throughout the land. But there's also individual responsibilities that we have. And uh, Scripture talks about raising your children in the light and the love of the Lord. Well, that's that's a wonderful uh, concept, but the question is, is it, are we living it out before them? You see, we have to live our faith. We have to make sure that we're not being uh, inconsistent in what we say we believe. And it is also very, very important that we have our own foundation laid as we have read and studied the Word of God and meditated upon it, that it would bring His character into us. And thus, as we read in the Scripture, where we would be walking in the Spirit, and God through His Holy Spirit is teaching us teaching us what is right, what is wrong, what is the very heart, and what is the very mind of God. But if we, if we find ourselves straight away, then we're going to find ourselves losing our way. And I believe that you can throw in there losing our country along with it. Because I do believe that we are a nation founded upon Christian Judeo principles. And the Belief that there is a God and that his name, uh, his, the name of his son is Jesus and we have the power and the working and the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's alive here on this earth. So we bring ourselves to that reality. Scripture talks about there is a generation that knows not the Lord. Well, if you're a, a believer such as I am a believer, knowing that the scripture itself tells us that these things are going to happen and this day is going to come. But here's the thing. It's, it's one thing to talk about it and say, well, this this is when the, the Bible says such thing, such such a thing is gonna gonna come about, and I'm just gonna just just let God be kind of put on the shelf and not have any interest in the things of God. But yet, the person who would say, well, these things are very important to me. My spirituality is important to me, and my eternal, eternal destination is important to me. Well, that's a wonderful thing, and, and uh, that's my hope and prayer for everybody. But I know that we're living in a time that uh, it's different, and we have to know how to be able to stay close to the God that we believe is the God of the heavens, the God 
of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we believe that, and that is so ingrained in our heart to hear someone who would say, well, I have no belief. That's a hard thing for those of us who are born-again Christians to just accept. So the responsibility comes, of, hey, I've got to sow seed here. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it because just walking up somebody just cold turkey and, and begin to sow the, the seed of the word will often just be rejected. So yes, yes, it's very, very important that we have the word of God hid in our hearts so that we would be prepared for whenever we encounter someone who says, look, I don't have any faith. I don't believe in God. And the opportunity is, is ripe before you to sow some seed. Just sow some seed because that's really the opportunities we have is to sow the seed and allow the seed to begin to germinate and bring life. If I could share There you go. The Triumphant Quartet. This is where I would start. That's a uh, triumphant quartet. Give him all the glory. And uh, see, here's the thing. If, for a person who, like me, and many of you are listening to me, you are a person who's committed to Christ. You've, you've dedicated your life to serving him. And you understand that concept of giving God all the glory. And... Uh, to realize that he has done so much for us. And that's the first song that we played. Uh, what he's done, what he's done for me, because that's the key, I, I do believe, in influencing people in the, the relationship of someone who is just totally outside of faith. And you've heard me use this analogy before, because I've shared it here on the radio, on, on this show, and on the on the music uh, music show, and this was explained to me by Dr. Wayne Lee, who was um, a mentor of ours in the southeast region of the Upper Bible Churches. And he talked about someone who's um, totally outside of faith, and you say you you put a number on it, and say well it's, they're twelve. That's that's as far out as you can get. But you begin to talk about your experiences. And you begin to sow seed and uh, just talk about what God's done in your life. That's, again, following the sequence of songs that I just played for you by the Triumphant Quartet, talking about uh, what he's done for me. And then the glory that I express to the Lord through my life and through my relationship with him, it begins to have an effect. And then they go from being a, a 12 to maybe an 11 or maybe a 10. So they're, they're coming closer. And, and this may be a process. And, then, and of course, you know, we've all read the Word of God that says, hey, we don't know about the day, uh, the tomorrow, or the time. We don't know when the Lord's coming or when God could take us out of this world through, um, through death. So we don't know about that. And that concerns us believers, we we want this instantaneous thing. We want we want to saved 
right here today. And uh, that's a wonderful thing if it happens. But sometimes people are so entrenched in their disbelief that it will take a process to bring them to a place where they accept the reality of spiritual things and the reality of Christ Jesus and the reality of God the Father. And so we have to be patient at times. But consistently, first of all, live in the testimony. And I can't express how important that is. You've got to live the testimony. And then you have to keep just planting the seed. Just And, and then when the seed is planted, you just have to begin to, to nurture it and, and water it and, and cause that seed to take root and grow in the, in the life of a person to bring them to faith. And then I agree with that last song, this you just give God the glory. And if if God brings them to faith, to a place where they confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's, that's not to our glory. That's not for us to pat ourselves on the back because that's all God. And that's the work and that's the hand of God. And it's very, very important that we, that we proclaim such. This is the uh, gospel on the radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, um, like I say, I, I, I have these things on my heart. And uh, this, these encounters that I've had just recently with uh, these fine young people, and they, they were very, very nice, both of them. And, uh, but they were very, very entrenched. When, when I said, do you have a good church that you go to? They went, no, no, we don't go to church. And then, I, like I told you, I said, well, I, I didn't pursue it farther to say, was well, it just church you're against or just don't believe in God? Because there, there is a difference, a distinction there. And like I say, if I get another opportunity, we'll have to explore that a little farther. But uh, the thing is, is it, this, this just grieves a person's heart <laughs> to think that somebody would be outside of faith. Because if, in other words, if you believe it, then it's priority. If you, if you, if you truly believe in God, and you believe in the in all of the, the things that we teach as, as Christian people about our eternal destination. If we truly believe it, then it becomes priority to share it and to make sure that whoever that I might encounter, that they understand the way. That they understand the way. Hey, I'm also a pastor, and I, I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. Uh, let me just take a little side note here. I remember one time a um, conversation with someone, and there were two people involved in it. And the person who was not being directly spoken to uh, spoke up this the only reason why he wants you to come to his church is so you can you come and give him money. <laughs> that's what that's what this person was saying to the other person. Very adamant about it. He don't care anything about you. He just wants you to come to his church and give money. Unfortunately, 
There's a lot of people outside the church that they believe that very thing. They believe it. And so in their own way, they feel righteous because they don't partake in such a thing. Well, I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We'd love to have you come and worship with us. And uh, if you want to come and, and give some money, that's fine. If you don't, just come and worship the Lord with us. And we'd love to have you. And we'll treat you with uh, honor and respect. And we'll make sure that we plant a little seed along the way. So 11 o'clock, or actually 11.05 is our start time. And you can find us on the web, frcm.us. Also, a reminder that these uh, broadcasts on Sunday mornings are on podcast. You can go there and find it. This is show number 1,125 today. And you can listen to it again, or you can share it with a friend if you want to. And uh, you get everything but the music. You won't get the music on the podcast, but you will get the content. And so... Uh, that's something that you need to know. And also, Monday through Friday here on 94.1 is the daily broadcast. This is a daily teaching of God's uh, precious word. It comes on 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday. It's the gospel on the radio broadcast. I think that's almost got you up to date except one last thing. And that is... The Saturday night gospel sing. That's every Saturday night here on 94.1 at 7 o'clock. It's the Saturday night gospel sing, a full hour of the best music on the planet, Southern gospel style. And uh, I play you a few here on this show, but we just crank it up on Saturday nights, play about 10, 12 uh, songs, maybe sometimes even 13. And uh, you can just enjoy the music. And we have a little commentary in between, but it's mostly just uh, enjoying some really, really good Southern gospel music. So invite you to do that as well. And um, let me just continue on in my thought here. As I have talked about people that I've met, younger generation that just emphatic, no, don't go to church and uh, don't want to have anything to do with it. And uh, so I've just given this some thought throughout the days since I've had these conversations. Two different people, uh, just random, a uh, few days apart. And so I just thought it was interesting that, uh, that both of them just said, no, don't go to church, period. And it's kind of like, don't ask me anymore. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, how do I, as understanding my responsibility to love and care and to share the gospel whenever the opportunity presents itself, that's a commandment from God, from Jesus Christ, as he was uh, the last days of his ministry, when he said, go you there into the world and preach the gospel. Okay, so that's my responsibility. And not only that, my compassion, my compassion for people. Just like Jesus when he, when he wept over the city of Jerusalem 
because of the love that he had in his heart for those people. I have that love in my heart because the very reality that someone would miss out on heaven and have to endure the, the horrible conditions of hell, that just grieves my heart. So I said, okay. And I've told you this already. You plant seed. You just begin to plant seed and, and let that seed do its work. And, of course, you, you pray. You begin to pray for that individual. And just, they just you keep them on your heart and you pray for them. But here's one of the things that is a reality of life. Um, life sometimes can just be glorious. You're just going through life and there's just never any trouble. And I've had a few patches in my life that way. It just seemed like everything is just beautiful. No problems. Everything is good. And then all of a sudden you hit a hit a bumpy patch. And then on top of that, there comes another one. And then next thing you know, you, you find yourself like the Apostle Paul <laughs> said it in a fourth chapter of Second Corinthians. He said, I'm troubled on every side. On every side I'm troubled. And you go, what's going on here? And then a crisis comes. And see, here's the thing. Is that people can do pretty good, but when they find themselves facing a crisis, then people start thinking, I need help. I need help. I need somebody who can help me deal with what's going on here. It's very emotional. It's very personal. It's very difficult. I need help. Well, then, as their mind begins to wander, the Lord will bring them back to the person who planted that seed. Because in many instances, that's the only person they know that might have some spiritual insight that they can go to. The only person that they've ever uh, encountered that seems to have any personal relationship with God. Next thing you know, they're they're seeking that person out, and they're they're asking questions. Whereas before, they didn't want to hear. They didn't want to hear anything about what you have to say. They didn't want to hear about your God. They didn't want to hear about your faith. They didn't want to hear about your religion. They didn't want to hear any of that. But now. The tables have turned. Things are different. There's a crisis. There's a need for comfort. There's a need for to, to be able to anchor into somebody or something to help them during their time of need. And you see, that's God that would bring that relationship back and allow the person who planted that seed to begin to nurture that seed. You see, you see how God works? God, I mean, he is uh, the master, the master. 
Troy Burns family. It's called Hurting People. For hurting people. And I believe that. I do. I believe that he has a heart for hurting people. And uh, so do I. I do. And I know that many of you do as well. A lot of times we're confused and perplexed knowing exactly what to do to reach a generation that uh, has just rejected God, faith, church, all of it. And uh, so what to do? So let me tell you this, and then I'll get back to my thought here. And uh, I got youth camp coming up July 17 through 21 down at Pickett Lake down near Mayo, Florida. This is for ages 8 all the way up to 18. We run two camps side by side, junior camp and senior camp. And uh, I need your help. First of all, we're looking for young people to be a part of the camp and uh, we also we need to be able to help them raise their funds to be able to pay the registration. And then uh, I just need you to pray. Just pray. I've been doing youth camp for a long time, and I, I just believe in what it can do. And uh, this is a way to sow the seed and uh, minister to young people. So if you'd like to help, uh, donations, send them to 526 East 8th Avenue, Tallahassee, Florida, 32303. And uh, you can just put on there CYMI, and that'll take care of it. Now, just putting that together, my my love for youth camp and young people. I remember there's a, uh, a couple who uh, God called them to go to the streets, <laughs> and this these are these are just uh, just ordinary people from Iowa, and. Uh, the I'd known them for several years, and I thought that uh, uh, their names are Waldo. I thought that Brother Waldo had retired and then started doing this after they retired. He says, no, no, no. No, no. He says, I had a good job. But God called us to do this. And basically, they had a, either a motor, motor home or a travel trailer behind a Suburban. And they would go to the inner cities, and they would go in. They they he'd throw a tarp on the on the the pavement, and he had a this board where he could do drawings and he could do a little rope tricks and different things like that to kind of get the young people's attention. And then he would just hold a Bible class. That's what he called them, just just Bible classes there on the on the tarmac in in front of these uh, different projects and stuff. They traveled all over. The, the south and the southeast of the United States, all, all the way down to Texas, and just all these day after day, sometimes two or three times a day, they'd find a place. And uh, and it was interesting that Brother Waldo, he would be, uh, he'd go out and canvas the area, rounding up young people and leave Ramona there, by the, uh, get things set up. 
And I said to her, I says, you weren't afraid? She says, no. She says, I just believe that God would protect us. And uh, I told him, I said, you, you guys are my heroes. But this is what he told me. He said that when God first called them to do this, they they um, they got up with a, a ministry that went down to some, I think it was in uh, San Antonio or one of these towns, and they, they would go down and they would uh, try to reach the Punk rockers—that was the—that was the term at, at that period of time. And uh, he said, "No, he says this is not it. We we got to go younger. We got to go younger." And, and his point was simply this: He said, uh, "The earlier that we can reach them and sow the seed, the more likely that they will remain faithful." As they grow into adulthood, I said this this to you last week on the on the the broadcast. Is it the statistics tell us that we're only keeping from two to four percent of the young people who grow up in our churches and that continues on in their faith in the churches? That's a staggering number, and so no wonder that we're falling behind, and we're hearing these these. Uh, Young people, and I say again, young, I'm talking about 30, 40 years of age, and don't go to church. Just very emphatic about it. So we're just losing ground. And you have to understand, these are precious souls. These are souls. These are people who have eternal destinations because we will not, any of us, quote, live forever. There is that moment of reckoning. It's a very serious time. And so our heart and our compassion has to be to sow the seed and see people come to faith, to leave darkness and despair and come to faith. This is a sold-out quartet. Life is sweeter to me Since I've been saved see, that's, a, that's a testimony we want to hear <laughs> That I've been Things have changed since I got saved, and uh, the, the, here's the thing: when you when you hear a testimony of somebody, and somebody who was just really really bad in sin, and they they were just they were drunkards or they were just in, uh, hooked on drugs and alcohol, and all these things, and they were abusive to their families and things, and then they truly get saved, and God does a work in their life, and the transformation. I love to hear those testimonies. And uh, there are people, there's probably somebody listening to me right now. They say, oh, yeah, that was me. That was me. I was that person. But uh, when God came into my heart, things changed. And I was changed. And everybody around me was the better for it. So um, the heart of compassion for me, as a born-again believer who's walked the walk. Now, have I been perfect? No. No, not even not even close. 
But throughout my life, I have sought to have a relationship with the true and the living God. And I've read his word, and I try to apply his word to my life. And so now, as I, as I look at my life, I say, well, I am the person that I am, and I have the blessings of my life because of my relationship with Christ and with the true and the living God. And see, I want that for everybody. I want everybody to have that type of blessing in their life because I consider myself to be a very blessed man. But I give all the praise and all the glory to the Lord. So, Jim Irwin, he sings a song, and I think it's appropriate for as we close up this morning. I should have led him to the Lord. Lord, please don't let this happen anymore. I should have led him to the Lord. Lord, please don't let this happen anymore. I should have led him to the Lord. And I think the the words that stand out the most in that is the fact that we need to care. We need to care. We need to care and we need to have a burden and compassion for those who are outside of faith. And we should not allow anything keep us from the commission of our Lord and Savior to care for the lost and go out of our way to win them to Christ. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Live the example before them. And pray. And pray. Says God, you open the doors for me to witness my faith and Lord, let me to be consistent in what I say I believe and live the gospel before those who are around me. And then let God do the work. But uh, it's important, very, very important that we be faithful to what God has for us to do because of his great compassion and his great love for humanity. As scripture has said, God loves the world. God loves the world. And he laid down his life for all mankind. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that, well, Lord, these are uh, thoughts of my heart, but my compassion for a lost and dying world. Father, only you, only you have the answers. And we thank you, Father, for your love and your grace we do pray, Father, over this audience. We pray, God, your hand of protection upon each and every one. We pray for peace across this land. Peace for America. And peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you. <laughs>